You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Good morning, everyone. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up in the next three hours, we will take a look at playoff football, what we saw over the weekend with both the AFC and NFC championship games set. And we'll tell you what we saw, what we liked, what we didn't like. During the 7 o'clock hour, it is time to play MVP Monday. And which player had the best weekend? That is followed by even more news from around the NFL and the world of sports. And at 8 o'clock, find out if there's anything on the NBA schedule that we like tonight before we hand out our best bets and talk with the Dogster at 845. Chelsea, what's going on on this Monday? Good morning. What a weekend. And how many things Mm -hmm. do we have to talk about this weekend? Uh, or I should say today from the weekend, my negativity as an NC State fan is well documented on this show and how I'm mm-hmm. always expecting the worst. It's wild to me that Buffalo Bills fans do not have that reputation of a fan base that is jaded, of a fan base that could definitely uh-huh. be better. But after last night, I feel like I could recruit a few members of Bills Mafia to be a little more negative with me. That has to hurt, right? It felt like it was the Bills year. And of course, we knew that was going to be the best game Mm -hmm. of the weekend. But once again, Patrick Mahomes sends the Bills packing. What a game, unless you're a Bills fan. That was tough to watch. Yeah, I feel feel bad for Bills Mafia, and we will get into that game shortly. But yeah, you have to wake up and wonder... Next year again, again, next year. It really felt like this was their one chance because it was at home because they had some chances late in that game. Yeah, you might be able to come on over to the dark side. It never gets any better. Yeah, we'll win something, maybe a fan vote, but we're not going to win it all. And I was for Bill's Mafia in this one. I wanted Buffalo to win this game. But it's got to be it's got to be tough waking up in Buffalo this morning and knowing you were this close and you had your chances and a couple plays go a different way. All of a sudden you're advancing instead of the Chiefs. And so once again, Kansas City, which made the plays when they had to. But yeah, you're right. It's a tough morning to be a Bills fan. Yeah. So if you want to be negative, come on over. The water's fine. You can be negative with me and talk about all the reasons why being a Bills fan 
is the worst. Even though I even say that, I'm like, it's not being the worst. Like, look at what they do with the games. It's so much fun. So maybe that's what they have prided themselves on is, okay, maybe the game's not going to go the way that we want, but at least the pregame. We have control over the pregame, so we're going to make it damn good. And you know what they do? Every single home game. They do. No question about that. We're going to get into that shortly along with each and every game we saw in the NFL this week. And before that, Chelsea, let's talk about your bets and how they fared. All right. So best bet was a loser. That made me a little mad. I uh, had Rasheed Rice over 68 and a half receiving yards. I went back and forth because I said to myself, there are two receivers that, that uh, Patrick Mahomes trusts, clearly. It is Travis Kelsey and it is Rasheed Rice. The matchup suggested take Travis Kelsey as the Buffalo Bills were not super great at defending the tight end position, and they were down some key pieces on the secondary that kind of pointed toward that direction. But I've bet on Travis Kelsey before in a great matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals, who were giving up the most point uh, fantasy points to uh, tight ends of any team in the NFL. What did Travis Kelsey do? He laid an egg in that game. So I had trust issues with Travis Kelsey, and it cost me because it was the Travis Kelsey game. Didn't have enough left over for Rasheed Rice. However, my other two plays were winners. Baker Mayfield and Jared Goff, both over their passing yardage plays, expected a very back-and-forth game between two secondaries who had been uh, very susceptible to the pass. So those two were winners, but the Rasheed Rice one, that one kind of got under my skin. But two and one for the weekend, I guess I'll take it. Yeah, you take it each and every single time. That's a two-and-one weekend, like you were saying. I went cheap on the weekend. I just had one bet on Friday night because I'd had a successful week. Had Islanders, Blackhawks under six. That was a bummer. Blackhawks went 4-3 in overtime, so a loss there. Donkster took an L in the Hawks and Heat game. Had over 226 and a hook. And that game was a winner for the Hawks, 108-109, but obviously a loss there. And then Bucks at Lions under 48 and a half. And what happened in that one? I believe, if I'm scrolling here correctly, it was a over for the Donkster. So 0-2 for the Donkster. You went three and four for the week. I went four and four. And the Donkster went I went four and one. The Donkster went four, four and four. one. It's a daily tip. Oh, four and one. Yeah, I just said, corrected. It got four and one in there. Doxter went four and four. So just that one loss on Friday, I was hoping to have a perfect week, but you know how hard those are to to knock down. Did not happen for this guy. All right, let's go to the NFL yesterday and the AFC divisional round with the Ravens crushing the Texans. That was a Saturday game. Ravens laying 10. The Ravens minus 480 on the money line. Total set at 44. We get a push. Lamar Jackson, if he had something to prove going into this game, he did it. They fake it to Edwards, and now complete it to Aguilar for the touchdown. Jackson, end zone, likely for the touchdown. Jackson keeps Stanley in front of him. Touchdown, Lamar. Man, what a performance from Lamar Jackson. This one, 16 of 22 for 152 yards, two touchdowns in the air, 11 carries on the ground, 100 yards, and two scores as well. He gets his second playoff victory in five tries, and he becomes the first quarterback since 1948 with two touchdown passes, two touchdown runs, 100 yards rushing, and a 100 passer rating in the same game. We all heard going in, oh, Lamar Jackson can't win in the postseason. Lamar Jackson can't win in the postseason. Lamar Jackson won, and he was that Ravens offense. So he busted through that narrative in a big way. 
Well, he went back to what made him originally successful in the National Football League, and that is running the football. Over 100 rushing yards on the day for Lamar Jackson. This offense is incredibly hard to stop when you have a quarterback a quarterback that can do the things that Lamar Jackson does. That was one of the angles that I was watching this weekend, looking at quarterbacks who are very effective at running the football and looking at some of their rushing overs. It was certainly the case for Lamar Jackson. What was his number in mm-hmm. the 50s somewhere? Uh, so during the regular season, obviously, you don't want to get hurt. You're the face of the franchise. You need to be a little more, more conservative. Not the case when it comes to the postseason. And we saw it in a big way for Lamar Jackson. And I know all of the talk shows are going to give Lamar Jackson his flowers. But we got to talk about the defense for at least a quick second. Mm-hmm. Because this yeah. defense had the clamps down on C.J. Stroud and the Texans. A red-hot offense. They couldn't get anything going. In fact, they didn't have a single offensive touchdown in this game. I believe it was a punt return touchdown that was the lone touchdown of the day for the Texans. So you look at the last four games for the Ravens, and they've played some really good quarterbacks. They have played the Dolphins, the Niners, the Texans, and the Steelers. Okay, so the Steelers aren't one of those good teams. But you look at the other three. They limited the Dolphins to 19 points. They limited the Niners to 19 points. And they just limited the Texans and C.J. Stroud to three offensive points. So this defense is one of the hallmarks of what you think of the great Ravens teams of the past. And it looks like this year, it's back, baby. What a defense. Oh, man, this is a complete team. It's not just... It's not just Lamar. It's not just that defense. It's not just special teams. It's not just coaching. I mean, everything that the Ravens do is top-notch. The only touchdown for the Texans in this game came on special teams, so that was that was one area where maybe if you're critiquing Baltimore, you say, hey, you can't allow that punt return from Steven Sims. He went 67 yards and a score, but the Texans' offense did nothing. And remember, this is a game that was tied at the half at 10, and Lamar Jackson said he went into the half And nobody said much except for him. And they asked him, well, what did you say? And he said, I cursed a lot, essentially. That's all it was. And whatever it was, it worked. The Ravens will host the AFC title game for the first time since January of 1971 when the Colts beat the Raiders on their way to the Super Bowl. So it was a valiant season for the Texans. Hell of an effort to get this far, but the Ravens just too much, especially in the second half. And that's something to watch out for in the AFC Championship as well because the Ravens, man, they really come alive. One of the best second-half teams in all of the National Football League. Okay, we have to talk about what we saw last night in Buffalo with the Chiefs topping the Bills 27-24. The Chiefs getting two and a half points. The Chiefs plus 125 on the money line. The total set at 46. The over hits. The Chiefs advance to their sixth consecutive AFC Championship game thanks to Patrick Mahomes, who goes 17 of 23, 215 yards and two touchdowns. Touchdowns both to his tight end. And second down, launch wide open. Kelsey has the touchdown. Gonna go to Kelsey. He's got blockers out there trying to find an opening and a pylon. And they say touchdown. Wow, touchdown. What an incredible individual effort by Kelsey. Jim Nance and Tony Romo with the call on CBS. And it's just more heartbreak for Buffalo. They had a chance, Chelsea. You saw it. Two minutes to play. Josh Allen had Khalil Shakir wide open in the end zone. Just didn't get it to him. Missed him. And then Tyler Bass from 47 yards away to try and tie it for Buffalo. He misses wide right. The Bills 
now in their season to the Chiefs for the third time in the last four years. Good on the Chiefs. Those poor Bills. So close once again. Once again, but the defense does deserve a little bit of blame here. And it usually does. Like, don't we always miss that part? Because this is the same story as we've seen some of these other matchups where, remember everybody was complaining about the overtime rules? The year that the Bills gave it up in overtime, but yet they couldn't stop anything on the defense? Like, they should have given up 31 points at least to Kansas Mm -hmm. City because Kansas City missed some opportunities as well. Uh, In the end zone, had a touchback, some, some bad mistakes there. But giving up 27 points, it's hard to win a football game. Uh, But once again, one of the better games I think I've watched in quite some time. We knew this was going to be a good one, and it certainly delivered. But once again, it's Patrick Mahomes coming out of the AFC, or at least this part of the AFC, to go to the AFC Championship. It felt like it was definitely the year. If there was ever a year to take down the Chiefs, didn't it feel like this was the year? They seemed down and still, still couldn't do it. That's what's killer. Like, if you're Buffalo, this this was the perfect setup for you. Now, Buffalo was dealing with a ton of injuries on defense. I get that. They were essentially down to, what, three linebackers last night? However, we know this is not the same Chiefs defense we've seen in the past. That Chiefs or Chiefs offense we've seen in the past. The defense has been very good. But ultimately, you get them in Buffalo you get a set of Chiefs receivers that aren't as good as they used to be. So injuries aside, and also the Bills had to go on this incredible run to end the season to get to this point where they actually won the division and they actually get to host their arch rivals, at least what we've seen over the past few years. And man, and also this was the first true road game for Patrick Mahomes in the NFL playoffs, which is hard to believe. And so you take all those factors together, you think Chelsea, well, if you're Buffalo, this this if if you want a shot, this is your one shot, and they still can't get it done. So I, I don't know where they go from here. Well, it's still Patrick Holmes, it's still Andy Reid, and it's still a Kansas City Chiefs defense that was pretty good all season long. So it's not like they lost to some scrub team. The Chiefs actually mm-hmm. looked like semblance, uh, a semblance of their old selves. And speaking of old selves, welcome back, Travis Kelsey. It looks like he is once again a dependable tight end for Patrick Mahomes legacy game here as he returned back to his numbers that we used to see uh, in the postseason two touchdowns was wide open over the middle several times clearly a matchup problem for just about any defense he faces but it feels like the confidence is back five catches 75 yards uh, as far as uh, you know the catches are concerned so can we trust Travis Kelsey moving forward in the postseason Oh, I, absolutely. I, I think that the these reports of the demise of Travis Kelsey have been a little bit overblown. At the end of the day, we're talking about what? Half a season? A season? Where maybe he had... Uh, I wouldn't say a full season. I would say he hadn't cut a touchdown pass since, what, November? So this isn't something that became a thing until late in the year. And people were like, wait a second. Why isn't Travis Kelsey catching a touchdown pass each and every single week like we were accustomed to? And so you go two months without catching a touchdown pass and you're Travis Kelsey. Then all of a sudden people start saying, what's wrong with Travis Kelsey? What's wrong with Travis Kelsey? But ultimately in the playoffs, that's when your superstar players step up. You said legacy game. This is one of those games where you'll look back and say, remember when he had two touchdowns, went to Buffalo, we beat the bills. They had the home field advantage. So I, 
Maybe the truth is somewhere in the middle, but I, I never thought for one second it's over for Travis Kelsey. I thought, is his is his output starting to decline a touch? Sure. But I think it wouldn't have been realistic to think he's just going to fall off the map November. Just seemed like a bit of an overreaction for one of the best tight ends to ever do it. Coming up next year on the show, time to look back at what we saw in the NFC as the Niners rally from behind and do something they had never done under Kyle Shanahan. That is on the Daily Tip from Becky UL presented by BetMGM. We're just getting started on Monday. Start with that. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. On a Monday, I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. Coming up shortly, how the NFC playoff picture looks with the Super Bowl favorites moving on under Kyle Shanahan. We were talking about the Bills and Chiefs last night, and I knew this was going to happen. Bill Rowland, our executive producer. I know, Bill, you'll remember this. As soon as Tyler Bass missed that shot, wide right, even Jim Nance referenced it. He said something to the effect of two words that Bills fans know very well, wide right. Because back in, what was it, Super Bowl twenty, I think? Everyone knows that the Bills had a chance to beat the Giants back in the late 80s. And they had a chance to tie the game late, and Scott Norwood comes on for the Bills. They would have won it. Oh, they'd won it. It was 20 to 19. Oh, that's right. I forgot it wasn't a three-point game. Would have won it. And he misses wide right. And that was infamous. Scott Norwood, he went to JMU. He's from here in the D.C. area. He went to Thomas Jefferson High School before it was the science and tech school. Here. Oh, really? Yep. Yep. From Northern Virginia, Scott Norwood, who was a very good kicker, by the way. He missed that one kick from 47 yards away. He lasted one more season in Buffalo. And you know what he did? His career ended after that. And he. He disappeared for several years. You can read about it, where he just kind of went into hiding because of that one missed kick. Now, that was in the Super Bowl, and I always hate when that happens. Like, one guy takes on the brunt of an entire football team. And Tyler Bass, he missed from 47 last night. Certainly not the Super Bowl, but he said after the game, this is on me. This is on me. Do you believe that, Chelsea, when you see a kicker miss something like that? And not a chip shot in Buffalo when the winds are swirling, it's cold, and you know that many of the fans will say, oh, if Tyler Bass makes that kick, we go to overtime, maybe win that game. Well, wasn't there still time left on the clock? I think that's the biggest question. And the yes, way that Chiefs was offense was left. moving, did you really want to be handed your L by that means? You know, Patrick Mahomes going down the field and then them kicking a yeah. field goal? Because Harrison Bucker on the other end had been a really dependable field goal kicker, which, you know there's a chance that he would have missed that one as well. But still, there is no guarantee that even if Tyler Bass would have made that field goal, that you would have won the game. So, yes, it's very easy to pin it on one play. But also, look at all the plays that you had to get there. Look at the guys who were open that Josh Allen missed down the field for a potential touchdown in that 
possible game-winning drive to end the game. So I think you can point a lot of different directions, but in the end, usually one play, it shouldn't come down to it. So you feel bad for the guy, but it's very easy to point the finger. That was a bad man. No, it, yeah, it was. It was not close. I mean, really was not close. But you make a very good point, which is, look, with two minutes left in the game or close to it, and Patrick Mahomes, all you would have to do is get a field goal from Harrison Butker, potentially. So there's no guarantee Buffalo would have gone on to overtime to win that game. But once again, that will be a part of their history, which is wide right. Well, let's go to the NFC and what we saw in the National Football Conference over the weekend. The Niners edged the Packers 24-21. What a great game this was. Packers getting 10.5 points. Niners minus 550 on the money line. Total set at 50 and a hook. The under hits before this game. The Niners had been 0-31 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by five or more points entering the fourth quarter. They were down going into the fourth, 21-14 in this one, but Christian McCaffrey saves the day, 17 carries, 98 yards, and two touchdowns. They get it off, McCaffrey, right side, big seam, cut, 30, McCaffrey! Touchdown, San Francisco! McCaffrey, McCaffrey scores, 49ers in front. And then it is Dre Greenlaw intercepting Jordan Love for the second time in the game. Laid about a minute to play in that one. Just a bad throw from Jordan Love, trying to go across his body. Just not his best decision. So it is the Niners who don't normally play comeback football. That is not their game. I mentioned that statistic. They really struggle in that area, but they did it here, and now they are headed to their third straight NFC Championship game, Chelsea, but it was dicey. Green Bay gave them all they wanted. It will be interesting to see the Niners team that we see in the NFC Championship game. Does it resemble more of the Niners team that we saw during the regular season, or does it resemble this last Niners team that we saw in this game that looked lost at times? They, I know they had some big injuries. Seeing Debo Samuel go down, you know Debo's my guy. So it mm-hmm. kind of hurt my heart a bit when we saw him go uh, down before halftime. So we'll see if he comes back for this game because I think it goes to show what a big part of the offense he is. People love to talk about Christian McCaffrey, who, of course, is a massive part of the offense as well. Uh, the conversations about Brock Purdy, we know, even though Brock Purdy did not look spectacular in this game, he was good when it counted. That final drive or like the fourth quarter of this game, he was actually pretty solid. Uh, but Debo Samuel, you know, he is a guy that can take a little shovel pass and turn it into big yardage for this Niners team. So we'll be interested to see if he is back for the NFC Championship game. But boy, did the Niners escape this one. And boy, did the Packers fans have to feel a little depressed after this game. I think after the first half, every single Packers fan was like, boy, we're going to do it. We're going to do it, aren't mm-hmm. we? No, no, you're not. That is the answer. You huh. wait till the game is over to start saying statements like that. It's true, but I will say this. Like, from a, a macro perspective, if you're thinking about the future of Green Bay and the future of Jordan Love, I know Jordan Love had a couple of interceptions in this game, and I mentioned that one late, which was not a good decision on his part. But, man, he was great over the latter half of the season. Like, from week 11 on, it was hard to find a quarterback in the NFL as effective. 
effective as Jordan Love. So moving forward, when you're talking about a Packers team that was trying to decide, okay, is this our franchise guy or not? We certainly planned on that happening. There's no guarantee of that. And now he comes on. The Packers really surprised me. I mean, they really gave the Niners a fight. They were tough. They were physical. They were running the football. It's hard to run in the Niners. Green Bay was having success there. So no one believes in moral victories, especially in the NFL. I get that. But I will say that Green Bay will be kicking itself and saying, we probably should have won this game. We were in a position to win this game. But no shame in losing to the Niners. And I thought, relative to expectations, the Packers probably outperformed as well as anyone. Maybe maybe the Bucks, but the Packers looked really good in a loss. And I know if you're a Green Bay fan, you're like, dude, I don't care. We still lost the game. But they were impressive down the stretch. Well, this is great experience for Jordan Love. Like, this is all you can ask uh, for experience-wise for a young quarterback going against one of the better defenses in the NFL in a big primetime, or I don't know if this game was primetime. I don't remember, but a big playoff moment for Jordan Love. It shouldn't go discounted that Aaron Jones had a massive game despite going against one of the best run defenses in the NFL. I think people got a little taste of just how good Aaron Jones was. Ran for 108 yards on only 18 attempts six yards per carry also had three receptions in the passing game so the future is definitely bright for green by green bay the only downside is there is another team in their division that's looking pretty good too and that is the detroit lions mm, well let's talk about those detroit lions they handle the bucks at ford field 31 23 lions laying six the lions minus 320 on the money line total set at 50 and the overhits. Jared Goff, 30 of 43, 287 yards, two touchdowns, no picks. Third and five, Goff. End zone. Touchdown. Josh Reynolds. Goff looking. Safe round. End zone. Touchdown, Detroit. Mike Tirico with the call on NBC. Jameer Gibbs also gets a score. Nine carries, 74 yards. This is hard to believe. The Lions advancing to the NFC Championship game for the first time in 32 years. Just the second time in franchise history. You talk about long droughts. How long it has been for Lions fans waiting for a moment like this. They have now won Two playoff games in a season for the first time since 1957. And they had two postseason games at home for the first time ever. And this is one of the oldest franchises in the National Football League. Got a little dicey late, but the Bucks just couldn't hang. Good on the Lions. And now they will take on the Niners, Chelsea. I saw the ultimate insult of the Dallas Cowboys over the weekend. It said, the Detroit Lions have had a season in this century where they went 0-16. Didn't win a single game. And now they have, you know, advanced further in the playoffs than the Cowboys have, you know, <laughs> in the last 10 mm-hmm. years or something. So what a turnaround in Detroit. But speaking of trash talk, this had, I think, the best trash talking moment of the entire season because all week long, CJ Gardner Johnson for the Lions had been bad mouthing Baker Mayfield. He said, if you give that Tampa group a good quarterback, that's a great group. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage, that's a great group. So clearly, he did not think very highly of Baker Mayfield. And so Baker responded saying, well, he doesn't watch film, whatever. Guess what happens in the first quarter of this game? C.J. Gardner-Johnson picks off Baker Mayfield, then flips him the ball. 
Like this was oh, something God. where if this was on reality TV, they would have built this entire season up to this moment. The ultimate trash talk that was ultimately backed up by senior CJ Gardner Johnson. And also the fact that the game ended on a Baker Mayfield interception. So do you think CJ Gardner Johnson was right? This is a great group with the exception of Baker Mayfield. Mm, I mean, I will. Well, yes and no. Here's the thing is that you can say that. And of course, after the fact, first of all, did anyone really expect the Bucks to beat the Lions or to get this far? I, I don't think many people did. And also, I am not a big Baker Mayfield guy. This is this is where the truth is somewhere in the middle because last year Baker Mayfield was a journeyman. There's no question about it. He was all over the place. It looked like he was washed. At the same time, would the would the Bucks be better probably in the future with a different quarterback? Sure. But they wouldn't have gotten to this point this season without Baker Mayfield. So you can say what you want about him being the long-term answer in Tampa Bay. I don't necessarily think that's the truth. But if you're talking about this run that they've made at the end of the year, to a man, the Bucks will tell you it's because of Baker Mayfield, his quarterbacking, and his leadership in the locker room. But from a pure smack-talking perspective, Gardner Johnson is definitely the winner here, no question. <laughs> he flipped the ball to him and then did an Instagram Live talking about said instance. Oh, now he's running God. his mouth about Debo Samuel. So we'll see how that goes against the Niners. Maybe a bit of a different opponent. But going back to Baker, it's not like this Bucks team was predicated on running the football. Like Baker Mayfield had 349 passing yards in this game yeah. along with three touchdowns. So a passing offense that relied heavily on the skills of Baker Mayfield. No, he's not Tom Brady. And of course, the Bucks team that we see now is almost the same as like the Bucks team that won the Super Bowl with Tom Brady, you know, a few years removed. But still, these type of quarterbacks don't grow on trees. So what are the Bucks supposed to do? Be single for a while? No, they have to have a quarterback. Yeah, they do. And they have a decision to make. And I think Todd Bowles said after the game, they plan on moving forward with Baker Mayfield. So as of now, it looks like this is the direction in which they're going to go. They've got what, Kyle Trask? As their backup, I, I think ultimately Baker Mayfield, like what we saw over the past few weeks of the season, is sort of a good, it's sort of a good referendum or encapsulation of his career, right? Where, oh, he looks pretty good. He looks pretty good. He has his moments, but then ultimately there's disappointment. And you don't know if you can trust him long term. And I kind of feel like that's how his NFL career has gone early on with Cleveland. He looked like he might be the guy, might be the guy. And then disappointment, they let him go. Then last year, he's bouncing around. He's playing what? For the Rams, playing for the Panthers before that. And he ends up in Tampa. And you're like, yeah, okay. Maybe he starts, maybe he doesn't. And then he does, he's okay. But then he's really good again for a while. But that sort of inconsistency is the hallmark of a quarterback that you can't really tie your franchise to. So I understand the... I think the temptation to say Baker was really good at the end of the season. But when you look back at the totality of his career, would you really want to hitch your wagon to Baker? I don't know. Would you? Well, it always depends on how much you're paying him and who else is out there. Because I just don't think there's right. many other options. Because looking at this game, if you watch it, Baker Mayfield didn't have a terrible game. He did have that pick at the start and the end of the game, but he also threw the ball 41 times. So that is a lot of chances or that there's a lot of chances in there for him to throw it to the other team. It's wild to me. We haven't even talked about Jared Goff at all. 
Man, poor Jared Goff. Doesn't this always feel like the case for Jared Goff? His team is winning. He's doing great things. Oh, yeah, and Jared Goff is going to the NFC Championship game. Ho-hum. You know what? I'll say this. Jared Goff (laughs) was very good yesterday, held on to the football, and also I'm really happy that he is in a city and with a franchise, an organization that appreciates him. Because Lions fans were chanting his name yesterday. They love him in Detroit. And make no mistake, Jared Goff is one of those sneaky guys where when you think of the great quarterbacks in the game, I'm not saying he's top tier. But you look down at his stats over the past few seasons, what he has done in leading that Lions team will surprise you. He has been a real difference maker for Detroit. Coming up next year on the show, only four teams remaining in the NFL playoffs. What do we make of the quarterbacks left behind? We were just talking about that. We'll talk about it even more. It is a daily tip from BetQL presented by Adam Jeff. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins. Presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Back to the show. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL. Presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Monday. She is Chelsea Messenger live in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm Michael Jenkins. Live in Washington, D.C. Coming up, we'll continue talking about the NFL playoffs and which NFL quarterback coming off a loss would you bet your future on? So we got some young guys, got a couple vets here, all in their 20s, still plenty of time to carve out your your legacy in the NFL. We will get into that. What about narratives Chelsea, did you believe going in what narratives were crushed over the weekend or maybe changed over the weekend? I know Double D said that Lamar Jackson was going to fold like a chair. He did not fold like a chair. So I think anyone that doubted Lamar Jackson going in maybe has a different viewpoint. What about the Niners coming from behind? What were they? Owen 31? Oh, my God, they really were 0-31 under Kyle Shanahan when trailing by five or more points entering the fourth quarter. So the Niners, who had been a terrible team coming from behind, they're built to build a lead and then just slowly and slowly just grind you down and beat you. But did any of your opinions change based on what we saw over the weekend when it comes to a team, a player, whatever it may be? I think it has to be the Chiefs, right? A Chiefs team that I wouldn't be caught dead betting on in the middle of the season now has piqued my interest because it feels like they're just one of those teams that they have the veterans, they have the experienced quarterback, they've got the great head coach, that it's a team that nobody wants to face in the playoffs. It almost seems like 
the Golden State Warriors like a couple years ago. Definitely not this year because they look absolutely terrible. But when the postseason mm -hmm. rolls around, it doesn't matter how the regular season unfolds. When the playoffs get here, they know how to turn it on. So it feels like the Chiefs feel like a different team to me. Like I'm not going to go, you know, how like the whole way in and say, okay, they're going to win a Super Bowl now. But would we be shocked? Like seriously, would you be shocked if the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl this year? I think I would be mildly mm. surprised, but not shocked. Yeah, I think that's a good way to put it. I don't want to say shocked because it is Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes. But I, man. Then again, I was going to say the Bills have their opportunities, but the Bills have their opportunities every single time they face the Chiefs in the playoffs. This seems to happen every single time they face Kansas City and the great teams find a way. So I think you put it best. Uh, of the teams remaining, I, I do think the top two teams are the two favorites. It's the Niners. It's the Ravens. But I, I expect those two to meet up in the Super Bowl. But you're right in that if Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, who are only three-and-a-half-point dogs to the Ravens in Baltimore, if they suddenly beat the Ravens and went to the Super Bowl, you wouldn't be like, oh, my God, I don't believe it. Exactly. Because the other X factor is it's not just Patrick Mahomes. It's not just Andy Reid. It's this defense. The Chiefs' defense is all season long been one of the better defenses in the NFL. So this is not something that is strange, not something that's an outlier. So uh, as well as seeing two of the better quarterbacks – in uh, this mm -hmm. era going against each other and Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes. It's also two of the best defenses. So it's going to be a hell of a game between the Chiefs and the Ravens. And it's kind of a shame that we have so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. Hasn't this been the problem over the last seven years or so that we have so many good young quarterbacks in the AFC that it's just an absolute yeah. gauntlet to get out of the AFC? No, it's true. And it, it doesn't help when you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes who is always there that you have to get through. And you see this in basketball a lot, like when MJ was dominating or during LeBron's time or different teams, different players. But particularly in, in a sport where it's such a quarterback-dominant sport and how many, how many mm -hmm. good AFC teams had to go through Brady, right, for so long. And, and now it's Mahomes where you're like, man, we're so good. We're just not as good as that guy. And you just can't get over the hump. And isn't it ironic that the one guy who got over the hump against Mahomes was Tom Brady when the Bucs beat the Chiefs. So, yeah, you're right. When you talk about all the great quarterback play, we tend to maybe say, well, Josh Allen hasn't done this. Justin Herbert hasn't done that, et cetera, et cetera. And that's fair. But if not for Patrick Mahomes currently, Maybe they would, and that's just part of the grind of the NFL, and that's why it really hurts to be a Bills fan this morning because it's happened to them again and again and again and again. They've been so close. Chelsea, let me ask you this. Of the quarterback that the quarterbacks that lost this weekend, so you got C.J. Stroud, Jordan Love, Baker Mayfield, Josh Allen. I feel like this might seem obvious, but maybe it's not. Which quarterback or team that lost? has the brightest future. I feel like everyone's going to say C.J. Stroud across the board. But if you're looking overall at the quarterback plus the team, where would you go? Well, because it is a team sport, and there are other factors that go into this, I'm picking the Texans, but not just because C.J. Stroud. I'm picking them because they also have the second most cap space of any team going into 2024. 
they have $74 million in cap space going into next season. So if this team wants to contend, they can go out and get a free agent. You look at the other teams that we're going to be talking about, say the Packers, only $7 million in cap space. You look at the Bills. They have the third fewest cap space. There is a negative number attached to their cap space going into next season. So clearly they have to do some restructuring. But I think that goes into it too. You know, how much space you have to build some pieces around your young quarterback. So I'll go with the Texans for that reason. Yeah, I think that's the – that's probably the choice, right? It's pretty, pretty obvious, I feel like. C.J. Stroud, because if this is what he does as a rookie – my God, what's he going to do with more experience? What's he going to do with more weapons around him? And the Texans look like absolute geniuses right now because they not only got C.J. Stroud, but then they get Will Anderson Jr. out of Alabama, and all he did was set the franchise record for quarterback sacks for a rookie. So they look built to win for a long time. So let's put let's put the Texans aside. Okay, yeah, we know C.J. Stroud's a stud. Is Is next in line? Is it Jordan Love and the Packers? Or do you say Josh Allen is only 27? Jordan Love is 25 because, remember, Jordan Love sat behind Aaron Rodgers for a number of years. So would you go with Josh Allen and the Bills? Or do you say, oh, no, they've had their chance. They've had their chance. The window's closing. Now it's time for Jordan Love and the Packers. They are the team with the next brightest future. Where would you go? This is a tough one because I would like to say the Bills, but it feels like the Bills have other problems that are going on besides Josh Allen. Like, look at Stephon Diggs last night. What a dud from him. And maybe, you know, this is because of the Chiefs defense being really good. Uh, But it just seems like a Bills team that defensively cannot get it together. I know they were nursing a ton of injuries going to this game, namely when it came to the linebacker position. But still, ugh. when you uh i got you go can you (coughs) yeah yeah i got you hey jinx let me ask you something here as far as josh out and maybe i'm off on this does he feel like our version of john elway where he's gonna win it when he's like in his 30s when everybody thinks his career is on the wash side and then suddenly they get some kind of genius run. I can't believe he's only 27. I would have guessed he was 30. That's the thing is that I looked that up this morning and I was like, he's only, because I would have thought he's 31. Yeah. Something like that, right? But he's still got long career, but only 27. It's amazing. Yeah. Does it? Do you get that feel though? I know Elway got Denver to Super Bowls and, and Allen hasn't done that yet, but do you get that feel that he's just waiting and I think to get like a ridiculously good running game and everything else that goes along with it, like Elway yes. did late. I think that's a, and I think the comparison is remember Elway could run too. Yeah, as you oh, know, yeah. like yeah. I mean, he could sling it, great arm. So I do not at me and say I don't like this quarterback comp. The point is, later on in his career, they asked John Elway to do a little less. Right. But like, listen, you don't have to do everything. We're gonna put, we're gonna give you a running back. We're gonna give you a better team. Or a more balanced team where you don't – because what happened – and Josh Allen was very good. Okay, missed a throw late, but it went back to it's Josh Allen hero ball again. And I get it because he's he's the best player on that team. But that's a very good point, which is maybe at only 27, he can play another 10 years in this league easily. So if he does and and the the Bills have done a good job, isn't there a chance? Chelsea, I'll put it to you. Isn't there a chance that that we're – we're saying the window is closed on Buffalo too quickly? 
Yeah, I think it's still open, even though it does feel like in professional sports, it's not just about the quarterback and his age. It's about the contracts around him. And I mentioned this in the opening mm -hmm. statement. The Bills have a negative number when it comes to their cap space going into next season. So this that's just kind of how the league works is that you have to hit this sweet spot of some of your younger guys being really good and not taking up a ton of salary. So I think that's the only thing going against the Bills. Uh, the quarterback comparisons. Are we going to compare them to Jim Kelly? <clears throat> Maybe not stylistically speaking, but if anybody mm -hmm. knows how Josh Allen is feeling, doesn't it have to be Jim Kelly, right? I mean, it's a whole city of Buffalo. I mean, Jim, all those guys, all those guys, they just, and sometimes, and also to be fair to the Bills, there were times when they just ran into great teams, right? Like they were good. Yeah, I always find it an, an, an interesting argument is that when you make four straight Super Bowls, and yes, the Bills probably should have won at least one of those, but is it, hey, there's such failures because they didn't win or were they sort of overachieving to get to that point in the first place where you go for straight? Maybe overachieving is not it, but I think ultimately Jim Kelly, Thurman Thomas, Marv Levy, all the guys who are part of that juggernaut in the night, they ran into just dynasty teams with the Cowboys. The Redskins smashed them. They should have won that. It's the Giants game. It, come, it comes back to that game against the Giants. They should have beaten the Giants they should have one ring they should have one and so yeah I think they they're all feeling that I think the x factor now is the pressure that's going to be weighing on them because of this stretch right it's all in their mind now yeah or you know at some point people stop talking about the bills this year and then later on, we were like, oh, here comes Buffalo. Maybe they'll do better in a couple years when we stop talking about Buffalo and we're talking about the Texans or whoever else it is, and they surprise us. Coming up next year on the show, we saw some MVP performances over the weekend, but which one is worthy of MVP Monday? That is next on the Daily Tip from BQL, presented by Ben and Jim. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM. On the Bet QL Network.